Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. I have been a fan of Kingdom Hearts ever since the second main installment, so about since well over ten years ago at this point, and it's been a little off and on since then, mostly on. I, I can safely be considered a fan, warts and all. Lately, though, I rewatched a cutscene compilation of Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2 in part of the 1.5 collection, or 1.5 plus 2.5, whatever, whatever math problem you want that to be, and that got me in the mood to talk about it here on the show. But I'm not alone on this. Someone else was actually there with me watching it. Why don't you introduce yourself? It's me, Alfalfa the Roach. I talked to everyone's ears off about Sonic Forces that one time. Yeah, I got Alfalfa the Roach back on the show, and he was actually introduced to the entire game through this entire cutscene compilation for the first time. Mm-hmm. We, we were actually watching as part of a stream. Someone was playing through the entire Kingdom Hearts series, and they decided to do a Let's Watch of the compilation movie for 358 Days Over 2 on through 1.5 and 2.5. And seeing as I, as I already watched a good chunk of him pl playing Kingdom Hearts 2, I figured, why not just watch D Days 2? So what do you think? Uh, I, I liked it. I, I didn't, didn't think it, it, would get, it would get to me as much as it did, but I, I ended up liking the friendship between Roxas, Axel, and Shion. I ended up liking a lot of the themes it was going for, particularly with Roxas. I actually ex managed to explain a lot of things, which I appreciate, because, you know, Kingdom Hearts has a tendency not to explain anything or explain it something really poorly, so... I actually had the feeling that you would be able to appreciate this. Uh, Days is one of the few games I actually played through myself, though I never finished it, because... I was an impatient teenager and couldn't deal with a lot of the systems that they had going on. But the storyline, I would contend, is probably one of the best written in the series. Yeah, I would probably say that. And I say that as a guy who really, really likes Kingdom Hearts 1 for its charming simplicity. Days is one of the few stories where I feel like, with just a few tweaks and maybe some recontextualizing, it could be kind of a standalone game as kind of what it's like to be a minion in a villain group or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. So, just for for everyone to be on the same page, it was originally released in 2009 as a Nintendo DS title, but ever since then, it's been a cutscene compilation in all of the Kingdom Hearts compilations. They upscaled everything, they redubbed everything, all that kind of stuff. They made it look as pretty as the main Kingdom Hearts games. They conveniently cut out most of the fights. So conveniently wait, and inconveniently. So when you when you get to a moment where there's a fight about to go down, they're like, "Oh man, this is gonna, ramping up. Here here comes a a big old fight." And then we skip to the next cutscene. Like, oh, it's already over. Yeah, that's the thing. They handle a lot of the exposition and a lot of the fights as being unneeded so if there's a bunch of downtime from the game it would just be covered in a text crawl mm -hmm. or a lot of the boss fights are just ooga booga here's a heartless <laughs> oh, okay now we're done because they're summarizing just the story not the yeah. game yeah which is 
a little unfortunate, but at the same time, the version we already have is three hours or close to it. Because yeah. Kingdom Hearts Days, it was a pretty long game. It's like Persona almost. It covers <laughs> an entire year. Yes, yeah, something like that. But but it only covers like half a year. The, the naming convention of this game actually gives you a hint as to how long the game actually lasts. Actually, no one's entirely sure why the game is titled over that. I thought the Over 2 was just a reference to Roxas and Shion being similar to each other. But then, you've got no clue though. It could mean both those things. It could be mm. neither of those things. You only get to see like half half of the year that Roxas is in organization thirteen, so that that's why the game spe- spells out the the days that go by and so sort of like segments them into their own chapters. Maybe I, I really don't know. Or it could also just be that Nomura is insane when it comes to naming things. Maybe I I think he just finds words that he thinks sound cool and then works backwards from there. That's the Square Enix way. Really. Reminds me of myself in high school. <laughs> I, I, I can never be too hard on Nomura, because in some ways, his style reminds me of my own. No, no, Nomura's a good guy. One time, someone asked him why he drew so many belts, and his response was like, because I like belts, and then he just doubled down on drawing belts and zippers on all his characters. Yeah. I remember reading somewhere, I don't know if I can confirm this, but... I think that he wrote like almost the entire script of the game just over the course of a weekend. He just kind of locked himself really? up somewhere and did that. Oh, did did he ever confirm this or I don't know, but I do remember reading that and I feel like it kind of shows in that this is really a kind of a bottle episode for the series in a lot of ways. Mhm. Because it's well, you know what a bottle episode is, right? Uh, I'm not familiar with the term, actually. Okay, like, pretend you're watching a sitcom, and one of the episodes is just about two of the characters, and they never leave the room that the episode takes place in. And the entire episode uh-huh. has to be carried by their banter and stuff instead. <laughs> okay. The budget is usually lower, and these episodes are created as a result, but... A lot of people will say that these provide some of the best episodes because the lack of a budget to play with means that the writing has to be a lot tighter. So I feel like in some ways, Kingdom Hearts 358 Days is kind of the bottle episode for the series because there's not nearly as much spectacle as there is in the other games. It's focused more on the nuances of Roxas, the main character, developing his identity and his friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It even shows in that there aren't really a lot of new worlds to visit, other than Neverland being something different from the pirate ship for once, and all the palette swap heartless you find that you don't see in other games. Yeah, yeah, that they, they managed to do a pretty good job with with asset reuse on the DS of all things. Yeah, oh, granted, since there hasn't been a Kingdom Hearts game on the DS before, then it really was all new assets. In the strictest uh, sense, but, yeah. you know, in terms of lore, you'll notice, like, hey, it's the chameleon from the Tarzan level, or, hey, mm-hmm. it's the big robot from the Thousand Heartless fight or something. Wait, 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 wait the Tarzan level? I thought that that place didn't exist anymore. Well, yeah, that was, that was retconned <laughs> out of the series, but, you know, <laughs> the Heartless could stay. It's just a lizard. <laughs> 
True. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and it, it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailers. Like the monkey heartless, <laughs> they make they show up in three again. So <laughs> nice. I like those guys. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts Days is kind of like the bottle episode of the series, and I feel like that lends credence to the narrative of Nomura being off by himself writing about this. I noticed that a lot of the writing is is much more focused than it is compared to to most of the mainline entries, and even some of the other spinoffs like Dream Drop Distance or Birth by Sleep. Yeah, so... What were some of your thoughts going through the entire cinematic experience of watching the the day's cutscenes and stuff? I was surprised by how much I found myself relating to Roxas, because often I will find myself asking what what makes me who I am, what do I really like, and what do I want out of life? And watching Roxas struggle with that fact and trying to demand answers for himself got me on an emotional level I wasn't really expecting. I ended up really appreciating him grow and develop as a person and and seeing how he interacted with his friends. Mm. Probably one of the most existential games in the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, It helps that the people he does make friends with, Axel and Xion, are legitimately likable themselves, too. Yeah. Yeah, like like Axel tries to pl- play himself all tough and cool and everything, but when when people are legitimately nice to him, he just doesn't really know how, how to handle it, but <laughs> and tr- tr- tries to, to like play it off and be all cool and stuff. But but you can see like he le- legitimately starts to care for Roxas and Shion as the game goes on, and it's really cool to see. Yeah, it's kind of like a a big brother to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up an interview while you were saying this, and from khinsider.com, mm-hmm. and he is saying that he didn't see anyone, he lived on canned food, and he wrote for like two weeks. No more. Wow. That's some dedication right there. Yeah, that's a work culture in Japan for you. Mm-hmm. So you never played the DS version, did you? I did not. The only the only game on the DS I had played prior to that point was Recoded, and I thought it was okay, but I found myself unable to finish it, and I ended up eventually selling it. Yeah. And, and then I didn't play Kingdom Hearts for, like, a few more years until I finally went and beat Kingdom Hearts 1 in 2016. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I wanted to, like, do, do something a little spe- special for the rest of the Kingdom Hearts games, but I haven't gotten around to getting any of the collections on PS4 yet, so that'll have to wait for another day. Well, like I said, I did play the DS version, but I could never finish it. Uh, I wasn't kidding when I said it's a really long game, kind of like the Persona games, because you really do go through, like, every day with, you know, the exceptions yeah. of certain time skips. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I got decently far, but every so often they throw original bosses at you instead of just a recolor of an old boss. And mm. at the end of Halloween Town, they have this giant coffin with tentacles attached to it. And it was cool. really annoying to fight. And I was just like, you know what? I give up. I can't keep doing this. What difficulty were you playing on? I I don't know. Probably either uh, normal or easy, because I know what I'm about. Yeah. But how how was combat on the, on the DS version? Because on, on there you're only working with a D-pad instead of a control stick. 
That is something to consider. It's really been a long time since I played the game in any meaningful capacity, but I don't remember it giving me much trouble. Though if I were to play it nowadays, I'd probably just play it on my 3DS and just use the stick there. Yeah, thank God for that. Uh, the the, the character models, they they did the best they could. <laughs> but, oh, I bet I imagine they aged the roughest. Yeah. I was watching, and, and shout out, by the way, for all the work they put into it, Everglow's Kingdom Hearts timeline videos. And it, it's kind of like supposed to be a, a recap showing off the different games and stuff, but with a bit of a cinematic flair to it. And for days, they included not just the cutscenes, but some of the gameplay and stuff. And it's a very jarring different scene, oh. like the pretty cutscenes <laughs> and the, the crusty old DS models. Oh, I bet. They probably did a lot of work to just to get the cinematics in the game, though. Oh, yeah. DS was less powerful than the 3DS. Like, I'm still impressed that Chain of Memories had the FMVs in them. Yeah, that, that, that could not have been easy to do on the Game Boy Advance, of all things. Yeah. I did play the DS game, and you're mainly just playing as Roxas, of course. But there is mission mode, which is the multiplayer, and you're actually able to play as all 14 of the nobodies, as well as a few bonus characters based on... That's super cool. Yeah, and that's based on unlocking certain criteria. Most of them is just plot progression. You start off with the, the first 13, then after enough days you can play as Xion, then after a few more days you can play as Goofy, Donald... Riku, and I think if you complete all the missions and you buy certain items, you can play as Mickey and Sora. Oh wow! D doesn't look doesn't look like it had any Wi-Fi capability though. It was all local. Yeah, it was local multiplayer. Wi-Fi and Nintendo didn't really take off yet until I'd say the 3DS era, and even even now they're still figuring it out. I mean, I guess it's more of a Square thing than a Nintendo thing, but still. Uh, is there anything that you like about Days particularly? Well, yes, actually. What I really like is just the transformation over the course of the story. It starts out, it's all kind of optimistic or something. You get to see Roxas grow and become friends, but then know deep in the back of your mind that it's not going to work out. And then seeing how it all falls apart... And then just mm -hmm. experiencing all that pain, you know, despite being nobodies who are supposed to be beings that can't have hearts and feelings, they all make very human mistakes, like Axel. He's kind of a bad friend to Roxas and Shion, but not because <laughs> he hates them or anything. It's it's because he likes them too much. Yeah. He can't really bear to see these two get, getting into all this trouble with the organization, so he tries his best to like do something about it. But in the end, I think he just ends up making things worse. Yeah, he, he doesn't want the organization abusing them. He doesn't want the outsiders scrapping their parts for Sora. So he just tries to kind of keep them unawares and on the ice cream mm -hmm. clock tower with him. But... Mm -hmm. That just aggravates them because he's not being forward with them either. It really puts a whole new spin on the opening sequence of Kingdom Hearts 2 when Axel is a boss fight at the end of Roxas's sequence. Oh yeah, that, that was a thing. Yeah. Another thing I really like is the way it expands on the organization and stuff. With 
In -hmm. Kingdom Hearts 2, you're introduced to Saix, and he's the big bad, number two in command of the organization. But in Days, Mm -hmm. you eventually realize that he he didn't even like Xemnas very much, and he wanted (laughs) to take over the organization just as well as Marluxia in Chain of Memories. Mm -hmm. And we also learn that he had a history with Axel. I would have liked to see that history, but beggars can't be choosers. Eh, this is also a game that shows us that Zigbar is a little more than meets the eye. In Kingdom Hearts 2, he's just a random member of the organization, and for some reason he's listed as number two, but here in the cutscene compilation, he's he's in on the secret meetings with Zemnis <laughs> and Saix, and he even gets to see something weird with Xion later on. I love Zigbar in this game. He he loves parading the fact that he knows better than other people. Oh yeah, he's probably my favorite of the of the villainous members. Same. It makes me kind of excited to see him stick his head into future games. Oh yeah. How much do you actually know about the future games' past days? Not a whole lot. I know Birth by Sleep is a prequel that takes place well before Kingdom Hearts 1 that stars a mostly new cast. And I know, and I know that Dream Drop Distance takes place after 2, where Sora and Riku are trying to pass the Mark of Mastery test. Okay. And then 3 is just Sora, Donald, and Goofy having fun, fun adventures in Disney worlds. Well, kind of. They're... <laughs> Dream Drop Distance leads into 3 and kind of spells out what the stakes will be for 3. Ah, uh, okay. I won't, I won't tell you what they are, though, because I imagine you'll want to find out on your own. Yeah. I do think this game is kind of the turning point for Kingdom Hearts becoming what it is, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Because Chain of Memories introduced a lot of intrigue, but most of it was wrapped up by Kingdom Hearts 2. And even if 2 raised a few questions, it was nothing really enticing, nothing we really needed to know. And some of the not-so-happy endings could be taken as a bittersweet ending, and we could call it a day. Mm -hmm. But it's with days that I think the series started trying to push itself into being what it is now, with all its hints towards birth by sleep and by introducing the complete tragedy that is Xion's life. It's really the point where Kingdom Hearts itself starts to grow beyond what it used to be and I don't know if it makes it any better or if it makes it any worse but I do know that it wouldn't be what it is without that push to to grow and expand. Yeah I think everything I said about days though applies like tenfold to birth by sleep. Oh yeah, that one I'm actually a little excited to to look into. Up until Birth by Sleep, Days was actually the darkest game in the series. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Especially the ending. Yeah, being Roxas is suffering. (laughs) Yeah, I feel sorry for that child. (laughs) I do not envy him. (laughs) I guess some people were... A little disappointed that the game focused mainly on Roxas and his immediate circle, rather than expanding on the organization as a whole, and I'm not sure what they were expecting. Yeah, I don't think most of the organization really needs expanding. Like, I, I don't know if people really wanted to learn more about Demix, for example. I mean, he was a fan favorite. But... <laughs> I, I guess, but like, 
I don't know. It feels like the organization 13 is one of those groups of villains that doesn't re- really need to, to be expanded upon. They can just have them be like villains and they'll do, serve their purpose just fine. And I think the fact that they're mostly villainous and closed off from Roxas is one of the points of the whole narrative because he leaves the organization because they treat him more like a tool than as an actual peer. Yeah, exactly. Even Axel is kind of condescending with him, trying to keep him out of the loop and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple points throughout, throughout the, the story where Sykes just refers to Roxas and Shion as as puppets or tools or whatever, which real which really sells how little they think of both of them. Mm-hmm. I remember hanging around the fan base a little bit after, after Days was new, and a little bit after I got re-familiarized with what happened in Days, people did not really like Shion much at first. Really? Yeah, they thought that she got in the way of Axel and Roxas' friendship, and the fact that she's a 14th member to Organization 13, mm. it was like a bad fan fiction come to life or something. I mean, I get the self-insertion part, but actually w- witnessing Shion in action, I thought she was alright. Yeah, I think most of the fan base came around on her. Yeah, especially by the time 3 rolled around. Yeah, especially by then. Like, I'll say that out of all the trios, because the the series has a fascination with friend trios, Mm -hmm. the organization trio, or the sea salt trio, is probably my favorite of them. Oh yeah, one one of our other friends to- told us about how one of the central themes of Kingdom Hearts was friendship, but he limited the fact that barely any any of the trios actually actually showed any friendship between them, except for the Days trio. Yeah, Sora, Kairi, and Riku. I-, I I get the feeling that Sora and Riku are buds, but Kairi is a plot device more often than not, mm-hmm. and she's just. She's the girl that Sora has funny feelings for. <laughs> Riku used to kind of like her, but now I don't think he even knows she exists. <laughs> Riku is too busy being brooding to care about girls. Now that he's had his character development, now he's just kind of there. <laughs> now now he's the cool one. When, whenever someone needs a job to be done, they'll be like, I know, I'll call the cool one. Basically. <laughs> and then you have the birth by sleep trio. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that they're friends, but not as good friends as the Days trio. I think Mm -hmm. what mainly hurts them is the fact that Terra and Aqua, they didn't have good voice direction in Birth by Sleep. Oh. Like, you didn't really see the first part of Birth by Sleep with us the other night, but you might notice right away, or maybe maybe you'll think differently, but I found that they just sounded bored all the time. (laughs) Now, Terra's actor, he he does get better as the game goes on, and as the series goes on, but Aqua just, sh- she always just sounds really bored. <laughs> kind of like Lightning in Final Fantasy Thirteen. Kind of. Like, like <laughs> that's what they think tough ladies sound like in Japanese games, I guess, is just really bored. <laughs> to Willa Holland's credit, she she can do good battle cries and grunts and stuff, but just Aqua's dialogue is really monotonous. Oh, yeah. Jesse McCartney voices Ventus, the third friend, and he also voices Roxas, characters oh. who look very similar, but they sound pretty different. It's intentional that they look similar. 
And it's oh. the same voice. He's not doing a different voice for them. He's just reading their lines a different way. But it's believable both times. And that just convinces me that Jesse McCartney is a really good voice actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesse McCartney is great. That that entire scene where he was just yelling at Axel, I felt something, dude. Yeah, I know. There was, <laughs> there was a bit where he was just, like, yelling at Axel because he was frustrated with the way his life was turning out. And, like, I felt like Jesse McCartney wanted to kill me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I won't do it again, please. This is also kind of interesting that Axel has a big role in Kingdom Hearts Days because of, well, uh, you, you know his origins in the series, right? Not Not his uh, backstory, but just how the character kind of developed over time. Uh, I, I know he showed up in Chain of Memories pretty prominently. Then, then he showed up in 2 a whole bunch. He was just meant to be a, another mid-boss of the organization in Chain of Memories, but then people liked him, so they decided to keep him around for 2. Uh, and okay. he was going to be killed by Roxas at the end of the two prologue, which would mean that Roxas ends Whoa. up defeating both his friends. That would have been messed up, dude. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have had the day's context yeah. since then. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, though, yeah, that would have been messed up. <laughs> but then they decided to keep Axel around for just scant few scenes for the rest of two until he sacrifices himself there. Mm-hmm. And then in days, he's prominent character... And now it's to the point where he's just a major character for the rest of the series now. And it really all starts with Daze, I think. Yeah, Daze did a good job characterizing him. And I appreciate it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, how much of this was planned, how much of this wasn't, because... I remember people sometimes defend Nomura's writing by saying, It was all planned, and... Most people are like, well, no, he's he's making this up as he goes. <laughs> that That's the thing with writers like that. Sometimes they'll have it all planned out, and sometimes they'll just be on a whim. Yeah, I, I can tell you for a fact that some things were just decided on a whim. Like, like there's that story with Axel, and then <laughs> yeah. there's a character in Birth by Sleep who is voiced by, in both versions voiced by the same actor as Sora. (laughs) Okay. Because Sora's actor in Japanese was telling Nomura, I was like, hey, can I have a voice of villain? So Nomura (laughs) decided to do that. And then he he wrote it into the plot. Oh, wow. So, yeah, certain things are definitely just added as he goes. And the fact that Axel has just had this journey, and because it, it has to do with how much people liked him... It really makes me wonder how differently days could have been if Axel didn't catch on. Yeah, it really makes you think, what if? Or there's the alternative theory where Axel was always going to do this, and it just so was coincidental that he caught on like he did. (laughs) Yeah, that is also possible. And of course, since Kingdom Hearts' chain of memories takes place during the beginning, middle portion of days you don't actually see, like, half the organization for most of the game. <laughs> yeah, because, like, three of them got killed off in Chain of Memories. Like, closer to five of them, I think. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Reverse Rebirth. Oh, yeah. The, the Riku campaign. I think another interesting thing is that 
for for being organization 13 there's not 13 of them for very long at all <laughs> they they just kept the name cuz they thought it sounded cool there actually is well i i don't knowing no more i'm not sure how long ago this is planned but there actually is another reason for that but i won't give that away for you ah okay i will wait with bated breath to find out what that reason is also find it interesting uh in the game version like th- that big fight with Xion near the end is treated as kind of the final boss of the game, even though it's not literally the final boss. It's the climax, more or less. Mm-hmm. the The literal final boss is that fight with Riku in the front of the skyscraper, and like it's it's a lot easier and a lot more toned down. It's just kind of keeping the player involved on the last day. Mm. It's kind of interesting, the dramatic irony that we know everything about Riku at this point, but to Roxas, he's just this random guy that he sometimes was warned about, but otherwise never even met before. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting is that the boss fight in this, this game, the fourth game in the series, the final boss here is living up to that preview that was first given to us at the very end of the first game. Oh yeah, the, the secret video. Yeah, the secret video of the of the two people in cloaks fighting each other in the rain in front of a skyscraper, which, again, Nomura said was never really meant to be part of the story, but then it was. <laughs> then it just kind of happened to be part of the story. Yeah. He kind of does that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was an early screenshot of three, and he said, this isn't part of the story, it's just you know, to show you an idea of something in the game. And then it was part of the story. <laughs> Nomura is a little untrustworthy sometimes, I think. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I know all about the the development of Versus 13, so I believe oh, that. Oh, in that case, you're really going to like a certain thing in 3. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, I'm not sure if I have anything else to say about Kingdom Hearts Days. Uh, no, not, not, I don't really have much else to say either. I'm glad you were able to appreciate it on your first viewing. Oh, I had a great time with it. I'm I'm just glad I got to watch it with people I know. Oh yeah, that always makes it more fun. Like I said, it's probably, like, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite game in the series, but oh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts Days is my favorite storyline of the series. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, both those games are the ones that have Sanctuary as the theme song. Yeah, it's indicative of that era of Kingdom Hearts, I th- I feel. Kind of. Before Birth by Sleep and Recoded went back to Simple and Clean. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, there is one thing that I'd like to mention, is that Kingdom Hearts Days didn't have a lot of new music, but it did introduce some real winners. Oh yeah, like Vector to the Heavens? Yeah, that is the dramatic boss theme for the fight with Xion, at least in the final phase of it. I remember hearing that in, like, the Kingdom Hearts or- orchestral tour, but ne- never knowing where it actually came from until I watched through days. Oh, so you had a moment of epiphany when we were all watching that then? <laughs> yeah, I did. Hmm. I really like how they incorporate elements of Dearly Beloved in the song. Oh yeah, that's probably that that probably makes the whole song. 
I had a similar thought for one of the final boss themes in 2, A Fight to the Death, it's called. It also works in Elements of Dearly Beloved. Ah, that's cool. Uh, Vector to the Heavens is a boss version of Xion's character theme, which is in French, and I can't speak French. (laughs) But it literally translates to music for the sadness of Xion. (laughs) Aww. And it's a sad-sounding character theme, too, so it's like, she never stood a chance. (laughs) Xion could not escape her sadness. No. It reminds me of that Scott Pilgrim book, Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness. (laughs) But it's okay, you got a life afterward. Another song I really like is actually kind of two songs, but we don't we don't really get to hear much of them in the in the cutscene compilation. It's more in the video game version. Yeah, is the secret of Neverland and crossing to Neverland, which are new music for the Neverland stage. Now that you're in the world and not just hanging out on Hook's ship. Oh, I, I don't think I've heard those two tracks. At least one of them was in the cutscene compilation, but I, I can share uh, them later with you. Oh, sure. Actually, yeah, speaking of Neverland, the, the cutscene compilation glossed over one of my favorite small moments in the game is Roxas teaching Axel how to fly with pixie dust. <laughs> we just kind of, kind of saw it in the background. Axel's like, whoa, look at me, I'm flying. And at first I thought Axel was teaching Roxas how to fly. That's kind of the thing with the cutscene version, is you miss a lot of the small moments in the Disney world. <laughs> uh, I should also tell you that the manga version, the manga version, also expands on some of the Disney character relations. Like, you get a little bit of Peter Pan and Hook talking about each other and trying to give each other purpose in their life or something. <laughs> but, well, well, the Kingdom Hearts manga sounds like just a, a much more fleshed out version of of kingdom hearts itself so in some ways I'll, I'll have to track those down one of these days and if you like Xion in the game i wonder what you'll think of manga Xion because <laughs> they they made her a lot more cutesy in the manga <laughs> oh man i told you about the scene in the game she finds out axel used his vacation day to take a nap and she's all like what what's that all about <laughs> but but in the manga she flips out like you use your day off for this do you know how often we'll get a day off <laughs> she, she she would get mad at him for that and then there's a bit where she meets pluto who was actually absent from the game oh it's the only kingdom hearts game without him she meets Pluto and she just gushes over him because oh. he's this big old dog. Because he's a cute doggy. Everyone and she even asks Syx if she can keep him. <laughs> and and Syx actually says yes what? because really he, because he used to like dogs as a as a, as a human. <laughs> Man, and Pluto doesn't stay with them long, but oh. it's stuff like that in the manga that I think you might get a kick out of. Oh man, that that would have been so great if that was in the game, though. Yeah. (laughs) It's canon to me. (laughs) One more musical track I want to talk about is the the ice cream music. It only plays in the ice cream scenes. It's called At Dusk I Will Think of You. And for the rest of the series, it's considered Axel's character music, actually. Really? Yeah. Probably because, you know, he's the easiest to make reappear in a game. Yeah. Ice cream was kind of his idea, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, now I think I've said everything about days, I want to say. I think we've just about covered everything that there is to cover. Alright, well, 
Alf, is there anything you want to say before the end? Uh, I have a Patreon now where I write short stories and other novels. So if you want to if you want to check out my writing, then go to www.patreon.com. Uh, let me just get the link here. They're not going to be able to click on the link. I know. It's just... I know they won't, but I'll, I'll just spell it out for them so that they can type it in easier. Uh, give me just a sec here. www.patreon.com. Like I've uh, never gone <laughs> to a search bar before. <laughs> well, just in case. Okay. Well, well, the address bar is a little more complicated than I thought. But just go to Patreon and search for stories by Alfalfa the Roach. I'm, I'll be po- I'm posting story updates every Saturday. So if you want to see my writing, be sure to go on and check that out and maybe give me some money so I can do it more. Most of my friends who guest on the show are creative types. Like, I don't really talk about it on the show much, but I'm a bit of a creative type myself, so I get what it's like. Go support Alfalfa if the mood strikes yeah. you. And in the meantime, if you want to keep up with the show, then just follow the BitCast on Twitter. It's the same name as, you know, the show here, so you should you should know it mm-hmm. when you see it. And you'll usually find me tweeting about random game-related jokes or something. And you can keep up with new episode releases and what games I'm interested in at the time. The episodes are on Podcast One's website and mobile app and on iTunes. He's all over the place, folks. And with that, we will see you later. Bye. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.